So we've finally done it, Dan. We've reached a pinnacle. Yeah. We have figured out a way to do the podcast in Asia with no background noises. You sure you don't want me to turn on the TV? Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial pursuit, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. If you want to know more about this program or this podcast or want to get barraged by a lot of annoying pop-ups, check out our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. From our Thursday morning to yours, it's the Lifestyle Business Podcast. Today, we are in Bangkok, Thailand, the world capital of digital nomadism and four-hour workweek fanaticism. I am here with the captain, my co-host, a man who puts the power into PowerPoint. Yeah, buddy. All right, so we got a lot of news to talk about. Let's not talk about it too long. One thing I like about this weekend, so we did the DC BKK. It was... All right, so it was our annual meetup for all Dynamite Circle members, of which there are 400 members, and over 70 came to Bangkok. What's the conversion? Are you good at math? <laughs> not on the fly, especially not at the end of the weekend. We had an amazing weekend. Uh, you know, every time I met somebody, m- my brain was essentially on the wall, and I think a lot of people felt this way. I was just a walking zombie. I looked around the room. Uh, everyone was on the edge of their seat, and even at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, at the end of the each day of the conference, I thought that was really cool. We went an hour and a half late both days. You know, one of the other benefits is uh, you're talking all week, and so uh, or you're talking all weekend, and my now I have a good radio voice from right. that. You so. got that gruff, yeah, low bassy tone. Uh, Derek Sivers tore the paint off the wall on on Saturday evening. I mean, he was insane. Like what he shared in front of everybody. I mean, there was shining eyes for the rest of the weekend because of what he did for our group. So big shout to Derek if you're listening. Yes, tonight. thank you so much, Derek. Uh, I just want to give a, a huge thanks also to Simon Black, one of my blogging heroes who uh, came and gave an amazing thought-provoking presentation. If you all don't read SovereignMan.com, it's one of the best blogs in the business. And I mean, it, Simon just knows his shit. Absolutely, man. And Simon and Derek, along with a lot of other people that spoke at the conference this weekend, thank you so much, uh, everybody. You made this a really special event for us. And the speakers were just phenomenal, man. Everybody really put a lot of heart into it, uh, did a lot of thinking, and uh, it just came out, I think, a great event. And, and, the, and the cool thing about the speakers is that they came from like the top echelon of our own community. So it was like a lot of the people that were the most valuable in the forum were the people that we invited to speak. So guys like Brendan Tully... Ian Borders crushed it. Of course, Chris Ducker was amazing. He kicked us off with tons of energy, tons of laughs, and a really in-depth narrative story of some stuff that he doesn't share in public. I mean, it was really, really cool. Joe and Justin from the AdSense Flippers, Matt, Alex, and Travis doing some Einstein jams when it came to SEO. In fact, we're going to have Travis on the program today. So I just want to give a huge thanks to all of our speakers, all the attendees, everybody who made it possible, and to Rob Walling for coming on to the LBP a few weeks back yeah. and educating us and, and giving us some resources to run the event. Um, Make us not look like idiots. Thank I'll, you, Rob. A lot of people said with this event, 
I think, and this is something to think about in your marketing too, is that they had such low expectations because it was Dan and Ian <laughs> in Bangkok. So like everybody, they were like, look, it's cheap, right? So they, they read the writing on the wall. They were like, Dan, Ian, Bangkok. Well, it's cheap, so I'll go, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to expect much. <laughs> They're like, uh, what are you guys doing at the Aloft? I, I thought your meetups usually happen at the pub across the street. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> are you sure you guys didn't make a mistake? We thought it was going to be a whiteboard and an Irish bar. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks to Rob and uh, one other interesting thing that came up through during the event is um it was the first time that we've spoken in front of uh, people like it was it was pretty nerve-wracking right what yeah. did you learn through that experience oh geez that it takes a lot a lot of time i mean a lot of time i sat in my room pretty much all weekend preparing and to tell you the truth i was preparing what i was going to say uh for about two weeks i mean went through several drafts you and i did uh rehearsals in front of each other it's a it's a really unique skill and i, I really respect people um that can do it it's not easy at all to have uh cohesive thoughts you can see <laughs> and, the boss and have man, them translate you know like chris and, and brandon and 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 Derek and Simon, like these guys that are used to speaking to rooms, like they're just so awesome at it. And it's it's such a nuts skill set to be good at, right? One of the things we like we're pitching people, you know, you gotta start a podcast, you gotta start uh, doing content marketing and stuff. It's like it, it's so high level to be a good communicator and and I think we face that face to face with these speeches, just how difficult it was to sort of keep people captivated for 40 minutes and a big ups to a lot of our speakers were first time speakers and they were amazing like Ian Border's speech like literally people were tweeting like uh, I would have flown here just to see I mean uh, I mean I don't even know we can't even talk what he talked about but uh, you know that guy has been an incredible member of the group so thanks Ian as well anyway uh, enough rambling on about DC BKK probably one of the most memorable weekends I've had in my entire life so I got to I got to take a little time to gush about on the show, but we are definitely doing it next year. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Same bad time, same bad place, I think. Yeah, and what is the, what's the business maxim? If it scares the bejesus out of you, you know, maybe you should be doing that. It's something Derek Sivers was telling us, and, and it definitely scared us to speak in front of 80 people, 70 people, and it definitely scared us to throw an event like this, and, and we did it, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was a good time. Absolutely. All right. So we got two new iTunes reviews this week. Greg C. says five stars. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. And Brex Web Design says I can't get enough. Five stars. Dan and Ian are my guilty pleasure. You know, Shucks. What's your guilty pleasure? Uh, definitely frozen yogurt. I like those chocolate bars at the 7-Eleven. All right, guys, here's what we've got on store for you today. One of the most popular episodes of all time on the Lifestyle Business Podcast was our aggressive SEO techniques episode with Travis Jameson. I can totally vouch for this guy. Uh, we work closely together on a lot of our web properties. Yep. Some, some stuff we're not talking about so much on the LBP directly, but I, we're going to try to get as many actionable tips in front of you guys so that you can apply some of these advanced tactics. This is going to be real nerdy. So if you're not into SEO, this really isn't your episode. You should click over to Startups for the Rest of Us or AdSense Flippers or, or uh, NPR or Fresh Air with Terry Gross. Or This is for the real SEO nerds. The other thing to note about this, and this is something that uh, Matt um, Newton said Love during his guy. SEO presentation. Yeah. Um, he said basically take this stuff with a grain of salt because every we had three different guys speaking on SEO uh, as a panel uh, at DCBKK and each one of them had a very different approach yeah. and so that tells you how 
uh, how much information's out there and how you guys have to make your own decisions about this stuff and how you're going to roll. It's so, all risk. Right? So you have to have a risk calculation in everything that you do. There's a cost to some of these strategies, right. in particular using some of Travis's strategies. So, And we talk about that pretty bluntly in this episode. So what do you say we get onto it? Yep, no right answers here. So Travis, you were a part of the SEO panel here at, uh, at the BKK event. How was it for you? It was absolutely wonderful. We, in a way, we each had three separate opinions on stuff, but it all came together to, nah, to form the same. I don't know how to describe it, but uh, our methods are different, but we're reaching the same goal. Yeah, yeah it's like that's science, exactly what happened. Science on the one hand, white hat on the other hand, and then you just came up there and you're like, here's how you spam. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to talk about spam too much today, though, right? No, no, no. The legitimate stuff. We're going to talk with the legitimate stuff, but I really enjoyed your presentation, so thank you for taking the time to prepare that for the group. I know I saw a lot of feverishly scribbling DCers, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, and there's no one way to go about this stuff. I think that's what was so cool about the panel is everybody brought up a different perspective, and it's the kind of perspectives you hate, too, because they're like, you know, this is what I'm doing, but I don't know if it's going to work for you. It's like, oh, man, there's no clear answers with this stuff. well the other cool thing is that everybody showed examples of real sites which was bomb in fact travis uh, for those of you that weren't there actually outranked us for our own product key terms with a brand new website to demonstrate how to put up a site fast that was pretty funny in two weeks and you donated the site to me for my birthday so yeah. thank you man i appreciate that uh, we're going to go over the strategies that you use for that but first i want to start off the episode with what's not working because there's been a lot of crap going down in the google sphere so let's talk about what's not working number one unnatural anchor text profiles man we got slammed on this because like even i used to tell this to everybody like it was it makes so much sense now in retrospect i mean one of the things matt newton's i love that guy matt newton he's so smart he's always saying anticipate anticipate yeah. and i was always like yeah well this always makes sense just to if you have a coffee website make sure everybody that links to you links to coffee you know and of course we just got slammed on that so what do we do now how do we adjust to this update uh the biggest thing if you can take anything away from this episode it's to not have an unnatural anchor text link profile um so the the way it was set up is the Google Penguin update. It's simple when we look back. If I send you a link because I'm somewhat techie, I will create a hyperlink and drop it in there. Right, right. Um, but if you know my parents send a link to somebody, they're just going to drop the regular URL in there. And that's how most natural sites look. They don't have these keywords attached to it. Right. So what you're saying here is like for most people that use the internet, they don't hyperlink to the word cat furniture. They just say cat furniture. And then they throw the hyper, or then they throw the link in there. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then if people do use the uh, anchor text keywords, they're not going to use the same one every time. You're not going to get the whole world to come together to magically give you these keywords. It's going to be all kinds of crazy stuff linking to your site. So those of you who aren't total SEO nerds, if you were to look at our cat furniture website uh, six months ago. The links pointing to it, like 50% of them were like cat furniture, right? Yeah. And what, what you're saying basically is that's ridiculous. In no real world does that happen. But here's what I love about this. Your response to this is to regame the system because now you've got these lists of, quote, natural. <laughs> <laughs> so what's natural? What does it look like? Uh, I, I use keyword generators to spit out tons and tons of different anchor text. Uh, you know, some of them 300 lists of stuff. And to go through building 
links using these. Um, but the most important part of all that is to use 40 to even up to 50% of your links to not have a keyword attached to it. Just your naked link, because that's how natural um, sites look, or a lot of natural sites. And it's working very, very well for me. No penalties. I didn't have a single penalty in this last update except for one old spam site. Cool. All right. Number two thing that's not working. Exact match domains with thin content. Yeah. Um, I don't have a magical answer for this. I don't know exactly how this update works. I can't tell you how to bring it back necessarily. But the, the thin content sites have to go. Um, now, def- define thin content for us. So I look at these these bad AdSense-based sites the that have like three articles on it and nothing else based on the keyword, and they, they just got absolutely slammed. Google did a good job with the update. Now, they also had some like legitimate sites get hit just because their domain name happened to be an exact match. But I mean, in the future, if, if I want to you know put up a, a website called Yeti Microphone dot org you know is that a still a good idea if i want to build that out as an authority site does this have implications for authority sites or is this just having to do with thin content plus the exact match i don't have a good answer and i don't want to lie to you and say that i do um i i base my sites off of brand names now make them brandable and you can rank them just as easily now. I, I just think the, the exact match domain update more or less took away the extra points exact match domain. So it's kind of, it's kind of like it, it, two years ago, it was like this no brainer. If you were you know you wouldn't even buy a brand instead you'd buy a brand and you'd stash it and then you'd build your whole website around you know my product name you know dot com or whatever. And I guess in retrospect that looks so obvious. Like why would an intelligent algorithm? really adjust for that factor over and above other stuff. So what you're basically saying is it's sort of coming back down into evening yeah. out a little yeah. bit. What I like about this, was it you, Travis, that did the pie chart? I can't remember yeah. up on the screen. And so maybe you can talk about this a little bit, but it's basically like if EMD exact domain match was a big part of the pie, now it's just a smaller part of the part of the pie, and that kind of juice got redistributed in other places. Exactly. It just Exact match domains used to have such a big bonus point to them to help you rank. They just don't anymore. Um, but some some good sites did actually seem to get penalized from it. Um, so there's not a clear-cut answer. But I, I I would still build them, I guess. But don't even think about doing a thin site like that. You would do almost anything. And I've seen it. All right, number three thing. This is a little bit of you predicting the future. You're saying no more bulk social likes. And, and again, this sort of seems obvious too, right? But you haven't been cracked for this one yet. Yeah, well, the bulk social bookmarks, not oh, likes. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so if, if you look at legitimate social bookmark sites, there's only 10 or 20 that real people actually use. Like you mean like Dig? Dig, stuff like that. You know, Reddit. Does anybody like use Dig? Supposedly. Um, <laughs> Travis Jameson yeah, uses Dig. <laughs> absolutely. But the there's a lot of these services saying, oh, we'll give you a thousand social bookmarks. You know, social makes you look normal to Google. These, these are not natural whatsoever. Right. No one except spammers use these. And I can see very quickly them being completely devalued. And one more thing that you're saying is not working anymore, blog comments. That was part of our SEO process. That's not working for you anymore. Yeah, yeah. This is a personal thing. There's no data backing this up, but... Uh, 
I have not seen any good results from blog comments lately at all. High PR or regular. Okay. Interesting. So let's let's turn the conversation uh, in, into into the money zone here, um, and and really, I mean, I want to focus. Uh, be clear that a lot of the tactics we're going to talk about on this episode are for people who are in seek and destroy mode, for people who are competent about SEO, and people who want to get aggressive with their sites, like we wanted to do with our portable bar company, for example. It was a really cool opportunity meeting you because we took a site from zero to hero in like two weeks, sold out our first inventory of portable bars, and then 301 redirected. We're gonna talk about how yeah, they all yeah. do this stuff. But I, this is a cool opportunity. This is not an opportunity for people that have an incumbent authority site that ranks. The second thing I wanna uh, stress here is that I was just looking at Travis's rankings in his, was it Raven Tools or what we were looking at there? Fox. We were looking at Fox, and this stuff's legit. This stuff's working on high ranking, high traffic key terms. So without further ado, let's talk about what's working. Long tail optimization. You're talking ton about about the long tail. So how are you going in and getting more traffic and more sales by optimizing your long tails? All right, so I, I look at um, long tails as an easy win. Most people build a site, they're like, all right, this is my niche. They go to Google keyword tool and they find the the keyword that has the most traffic for that and start building links for that. Let's say uh, it's for car insurance. Car insurance is a perfect example. Um, and maybe you might get there one day, but you're gonna have to put so much effort into it, it'll be a long time. What if the algorithm changes, you get penalized again? There's there's a million different factors, but there's a lot of easy wins, which are the long tails. Um, and the method I've been using is going through and finding keywords that have maybe 10 searches a day, maybe even two searches a day, stuff that most SEOers would never even dream about targeting. But you can rank for it very easily. You so say, how do you do this as a system, though? Because I mean, you're talking about trying to do a hundred, you know, uh, rankings, trying to manage that process rather than managing just the car insurance. Well, th- there are all kinds of long tail tools that can do it. Uh, if I'm building an authority site, which is what I do most of the time now, I do it manually. Um, just go through and pick them out. Or I still use Marcus Samurai. I'm I'm getting old, obviously, and still using that. <laughs> but uh, it works well for me for this purpose. Um, go through and analyze those and pick out you know a keyword that's getting two searches a day, we'll say. You, you send one or two links to that with an optimized site, and you'll rank for it very easily. Um, do that with 100 different keywords. You're looking at some serious traffic. Look at 1,000. That's tons of traffic. Very easy so wins. This, so- is a, this is actually part of our strategy. We've been using this for a long time. And I think it's interesting because when you look at a term like car insurance, you think, well, like you said, that's a really... Um, that's a really aggressive goal to have to go after car insurance and to be number one for it. But if you look at something like car insurance for a 2013 Mustang GT, exactly. that person's pretty qualified, right? And that's a that's a buy, that's a money key term, and that's something we're going to talk about here in a minute. And it's really targeted, and we've certain we've seen great results with this because most of the people searching for such a specific long tail key term are actually ready to buy. So your conversion rate on something like that could be huge, like maybe over 50 percent even. And the way the graph on the long tail works is that the, the head of the ta- the head of the the beast right that equals the tail it's the same right yeah. and so if you're getting 50 50 theoretically right well where would you prefer would you prefer to rank number one for car insurance or rank number one for a hundred little tiny key terms you're getting the same amount of traffic either way Ian could be right you're getting more conversions on the long tail and you're diversified what yeah. happens if your car insurance ranking goes away yeah exactly the, the, these last updates uh, most people are 
that got hit were just for their main keywords. A lot of their long tails would still rank just fine. If you just focus on those exclusively, or at least the main part of it, you're really protecting yourself a lot more. Question, are you targeting, so let's say I have a website with 25 pieces of content on it, it's for car insurance. Are you building links to that main homepage to have the main homepage rank for these? Or are you actually putting up a unique piece of content targeted at that long tail? I use unique piece of content for each one. Well, uh, more categories. So you take your main keyword and then you break that down into the top subcategories of that keyword that gets legitimate traffic. So anything with like 3,000 a month or something like that, that that's good. Um, and then I break those down to the individual long tails even further, the tiny keywords, and optimize for that. And how much are you paying for each piece of content on one of your authority sites nowadays? Uh, if it's for if it's for a legitimate money page, I pay about what is it? I think five dollars per hundred words. Um, if I'm using for just some feeder sites, maybe two to three dollars per hundred words. I I used to use crappy content and. It just doesn't work anymore. Right. Yeah. And I love, by the way, your attitude about this. And I think this is one of the things that was most refreshing. Um, you know, people came up to me after your talk and was like, you play websites almost like they're chess pieces. You like move around each parts around the board. And I think, you know, from guys like Ian and I who are more traditional business guys, more brand builders, it's so cool to hear about this from you. And it's kind of like a new trick up our sleeve that we can deploy from time to time. All right. Speaking of tricks, number two, we want to talk a little bit about private link networks because both you and I own private link networks and have customers. And, and get this, um, some of our customers that are continuing to pay us recurring subscriptions have come back to us in the past few months and asked for more subscriptions. What's going on? Everybody's saying Google's going to kill these things. My customers are coming back and saying, hey, I want to pay you more money. Absolutely. Uh, everything still works. Um, and the, the big thing is all different link sources still work. People are saying to stay away from networks. People are saying this and that. It does still work, but you got to be smart about it. You, you have to diversify. Right. Because um, what's happening, right, is everybody goes out and they get all these natural links from everybody else. And then they get this awesome link network. It's like cat furniture, cat furniture, yeah. cat furniture, cat furniture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the perfect example is when Build My Rank was still up and running. You know, somebody would put up a page, get nothing but Build My Rank links, and yeah. they would rank well. But then Google comes in and devalues those and everything's gone. But if you're using 10 different link sources, you know, social bookmarks, wikis, blog posts, web 2.0s, private networks, even blog comments, even though I don't really use them, um, Google comes in, devalues something. It's like, oh, well, there's 10% of my portfolio. Not a big deal. You might not even notice at all. That's a great distinction that Matt Newton made that we might want to pause on a little bit, which is the difference between penalizing devaluing right there's a difference between the two it's the yeah. same thing as the pie right so yeah. it's like if you're penalized you're you take a piece of the pie out we're not taking any piece of the pie out we're just making them smaller right yeah. so that's that's that was an interesting concept for me is thinking like hey it's not like exact match domains means you're you're dead and gone forever it just means that that's not that important anymore exactly all right, so what else is working? Actually, you uh, I want to talk a little bit about this website that you had ranking for our product key terms in two weeks. How do you do that? How do you set up a website that's ranking for like marquee key terms in, in less than a month? First of all, we had no idea you were building this website. <laughs> Travis, he got on stage at BKK DC, and then he pulls up this website, and he's like, guess what, guys? I'm outranking you, and it only took two weeks. <laughs> we're like, what? Um, yeah, th this, is a, this is a feeder website, which is what I'm doing a lot more. Uh, now describe what that means. All right, so you, 
everybody's worried to backlink to their brand website now. And I understand that. Um, I'm moving towards that more as well. So you mean like going out to these private link networks and going out to all these social sharing sites and just pumping links into your yeah. your main domain? You yeah. don't you wouldn't recommend that I do that for Portable Bar Company, for example? No, no. I mean, if you'd asked me a year ago, I'd say yeah, absolutely. But uh, <laughs> things things change. You, you got to stay with it. If you're you should everybody should be building a brand, and when you do that, you got to put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into it um, to make it legitimate. Um, so you don't want to send links there. So. The links you do send, you want to be completely legitimate. Well, let's say you're an industry that doesn't have a lot of stuff you can get real links from. Create them yourself, um, which is what I've been doing. So I, I take building out feeder sites where like mini sites basically um, in the niche and create the content based on that. And this serves two purposes. One, you can link to your um, actual brand from that, and that's a very relevant, legitimate link. But more importantly, you can put, you can advertise for your brand on these feeder sites. This is this is really important, especially for guys like us doing B two B. Nobody's talking about our products anywhere on the internet. Our guys that are buying our products, you know, they're not talking about this stuff on websites and things like that. So essentially, you're still using these networks, right? Yeah. Or so, these feeder sites. So these feeder sites sort of have two operations. One is that they're sort of a shield. So if I know because you can't help yourself, you're going to start spamming these damn things, right? <laughs> so so in your case where you're very aggressive and you're just trying to run in experiments and stuff, I mean. Part of it is because you get ROI on on making mistakes with SEO because then you learn and then you can help your clients, right? Yeah, exactly. But but so so what you're doing is number one, you've got a, like a protective element there. But number two, you can go out and create relevant sites in your industry, like a review site or a little micro niche site with an ebook on or something, and then those become inbound links to to your main domain. Uh, exactly. The the theory is to never create a. Uh, a link that doesn't pay for itself and so these links are advertising for your site and giving you link juice and these feeder sites go and use the more well in my opinion go and use the more gray hat techniques you know the the automated stuff the the, the submissions and, and stuff 10,000 directory submissions whatever because <laughs> you know if you lose this site it's not a big deal it's like oh crap there, there goes you know $100 $200 but it's not your brand right you don't have to restart it all right, so now let's let's do a little bit of complicated technique that's working well for you and it's interesting, especially for the people that are the gray hatters out there that are pushing things. And we've used this technique as well and seen it to work. So it's called the 301 link building technique and you've got the, the coffee filter metaphor. So I'm assuming this is a pretty advanced show so people probably know what the 301 is. That's passing on link juice from a dead domain on, or you're basically killing off the domain and passing it on. The 301 right? telling Google like, my site has moved to this new site um, okay. to redirect. Or like you have, you moved a page to a new page, you're just telling Google, move all the link juice, all the authority, all the rankings to this new page. Okay, so now this is relevant in a lot of situations, but one is when your site gets penalized, right? Exactly. Because you wanna basically, your, your Google is like, your domain is total crap and shuts you down. And now you gotta do something because you can't build that site back up, you have to go to another place. So how would you do that? The three of one. Well, okay. Uh, for that, you you have to start your new domain and you have to basically pad it 
for protection from the penalty. Um, so the, the, the vast majority of these penalties now are the simple anchor text being wrong. You know, you've optimized for your keyword too much. So you, your new domain, you go and pad it with these naked URL links without keywords, some legitimate links, get some high PR. If you if you can get white hat links, get those. Now, why even bother doing the 301 redirect? I guess because you've got traffic coming to your old domain kind of thing? Tra- uh, traffic or more just say you've built a site with like lots of great content, but now it's not ranking for anything. You don't want to start over with that content. Or you have built lots of links to the old one. Um, this, if you if you transfer it to the new one and pad the new site right with good links, the penalty won't transfer, and you get a lot of your rankings back. If there's somebody out there that's been decimated, you know, they got a site and they're, they're they're listening to this and they hear Travis, and it's like maybe the clouds are parting a little bit. At this moment in time, how would you consult somebody? Would you say you can rebuild that trash domain, or would you 301 it to a new one and build up a whole new domain? Uh, there's there's not a, a great answer for this. It's up to you. Look at your analytics. A lot of these sites that are penalized still get okay traffic through the long tails. Um, I have had a site that I completely bombed out on my major keywords, but my traffic only dropped like 20 or 30%. It's not worth it for me to do that. Right. And also, those sites that got penalized, if you build out new pages like from your blog, they generally come out not penalized. Yeah, this happened to us with the Portable Bar Company in the beginning. We got penalized, but we still get traffic to that site, and it is from our long tail key terms. We got bombed out for our number one key term, which was Portable Bar at the time. Yeah, so if you have a site that's been penalized, build out new pages in that and try to rank those, and they will quickly. And if that's not working, then go ahead and 301 redirect. So any other thing? You're doing some 301 link building as well. Tell us how that works. Yeah, yeah. this is working really well now. We don't know in the future. So, um, but, <laughs> but writing's on the wall. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But Let's hear uh, about it. for this, this is a technique for a lot of the more gray hat automated link building techniques. If you're going to build something spammy, or even like some of the the big networks or something like that, you're worried about to your brand. Uh, what I would do is set up a separate website. If you can get like a high PR domain or something like that, even better. Um, set up a separate website, put on a few pages of content related to your niche, and send out lots of links. Um, I do this with thousands and thousands of links to these pages. Let it let those links index, build up some authority, and then 301 redirect that to your your money site that you're wanting to build on. And the 301 redirects like a, it's like how do I describe it? Like a coffee filter. So the coffee the coffee filter lets would let a lot of the link juice through and while keeping out most of the bad. And so it, it's a filter to protect your site. You can still spam it while protecting it from a lot of penalties. And if you do end up getting a penalty, you can remove the 301 redirect and most of the time the penalty will go away. That's Travis Jameson, everybody, reserving the right to spam. We're standing up for your right to spam. <laughs> Travis, are you willing to stick around to the uh, quick tips portion of the show? Absolutely. Of course. Nice. All right, so you've got a, a great tip for us uh, about reputation management. One of the biggest things that you talked about is like, you know, because one of the things you're just so good at is this like search and destroy SEO. I, that's what I call it. I, don't, I love it. It's like, hey, I got an idea. I got to go to Travis and see if he can help me rank really fast, test it, 
get some cash flow going and then double down and invest in that brand. So when you've got that brand idea, because of course, like you, you know, you can't build a business off of a bunch of 301 redirects. Correct. That's just a tactic. Absolutely. So when we decide that we're going to have supremacy SEO brand or whatever, you're going to go to, what are you going to do with that? How are you going to, how are you going to start? All right. Uh, one examples I gave during the, uh, speech, I guess we can say, is you need to protect your brand um, using reputation management techniques. Uh, and the way I do this is to go to knowem.com. Okay, so that's K-N-O-W-E-M? Yeah, dot com. And they will set up all these social media profiles for you. You don't want somebody who's mad at you going and setting up your business name on a profile and then putting bad reviews on there. So you can go up and they'll set up like your Facebook, your Twitter, which you should have anyway, but all these other little ones that you wouldn't, like the Tumblr sites, the Flickr, the Pinterest, stuff like that. And they will set these up for you and those will start, one, it'll help you rank because those are good links that everybody should have for a site. All legitimate sites should have these. Right. But it also protects your brand because these will get authority. If something bad pops up on your brand, you can use these sites to outrank that. Right. I love this idea. And this is something you talked about was like outranking. So somebody like they leave a bad comment for you on, on one of these sites and like you have the ability to control it now. And so this is essentially what PR good PR companies would do for you, right? Exactly. They go out there and they'd own whatever your brand is so no one else can tarnish it except for you. You, exactly. Right? In my opinion, you should own everything with your brand because you created it. You don't want some affiliates or some other spammers going in there and stealing your traffic. And you take this stuff to the whole next level, setting up review sites and multiple Facebook profiles and all this kind of stuff. I mean, you're—I mean, this Noam tool, this is just the beginning, right? This is sort of squatting on a broad range of social, like a blogger account, a Twitter account, Facebook, all that stuff, right? Yeah. But you're actually taking this whole stuff to the next level where you're out there uh, sort of getting in front of your brand on the internet. It's, if I don't do it, somebody else will. Because um, I, I do create my own brand stuff and I don't want people having my own keywords. That's mine. They shouldn't have it. And then also using these Noam profiles, you can you can build more legitimate things. Um, I go and use Hootsuite to set up, uh, integrate with all these profiles and I can start putting pushing legitimate content out to these, like the Tumblr and whatnot. Right. Um, getting real traffic, um, getting much better links and protecting your brand all at the same time. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, Travis, it's such a pleasure for you to fly basically halfway around the world to be with us here at the Aloft in Bangkok. It's been an amazing event. Yeah, I think everybody's brains are on the wall from this conversation with you, Travis. I think this has been really cool to get the inside scoop on the SEO. Uh, we were doing this talk a year ago in Bali. Now we're doing it in Bangkok. Yeah. I wonder where we're going to do it next year. And we'll keep going up and up and up. So as a, as a tribute to Travis, uh, we're gonna, today's, on today's episode, we're going to play us out with We Got Scientists. Rules don't stop me, and rules definitely don't stop Mr. Jameson or the boss man. We'll see you guys next Thursday morning. Thanks, guys. Booyah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything we do.
some guy like Ian comes up to you and just wants to buy your soul, it's sort of hard. <laughs> it's hard to say no, you know. 